You're listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. Welcome to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral. As always, I am joined by my guy, Mr. Joe Cole. Joe, how are you doing, pal? Hello, big man. How are you? I'm good, mate. I'm good. Yeah, I'm settled yeah. in Stratford for for the next six weeks. So I'm actually overlooking the Olympic Stadium. Yeah, it's filming for the for the next series, right? Filming, mate. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's mad. In the, I'm still waiting times. for my script, mate. Well, where's my role? I'm trying what to get you doing? in the background, mate. I'm yeah. trying to get you in the background. I'm no, near your house. I'm near, I'm yeah. in Joe Coland. That's what they call it yeah. where I am now. Yeah, you've oh, made right, that okay. much of an echo where you are. Everyone says, yeah, yeah. That's all I... Look, and, and, and there's rumours now. I've talked about moving nearer to you and you're moving away. I'm starting to get a complex pal. <laughs> Joe, um, we, we've got an absolute... We've got a cracking guest today, Joe. I'd say, like, he's a raconteur of stories. He's a legend, mate. Across, like, played for some great clubs. Southampton, Norwich, Chelsea, Aston Villa, Middlesbrough. Played 70 times for... And, like, I've got McAteer, Lambasted me for this. <laughs> so I'd say my, fa- my favourite footballing country. I love this guy. Great guest. Lived with Gaza for a while. Honestly, story upon story. You're in for one, Joe. Buckle up, son, because this is Andy Townsend. Hello, Andy. How are we doing, guys? How are we? But, well, big intro, that, Tom. I hope I can live up to that. <laughs> yeah. I'm a big fan. I'm a big fan. You know what, Andy, what I love about yourself and your journey is the stories when I listen to you talk and, and, and I've, I've seen you on things. It's just that, and we love it, Joe, me and Joe, it's that sort of, that 90s footballer. Well, I've got yeah. to just bring this up. One of my favourite ever videos, I was showing the guys before, is Aston Villa <laughs> Team Drinks videos. Oh, I know that one, yeah. And it's amazing how things come back and haunt you 20, 30 years down the line, you know. Um, that was quite funny, that, and... and I, of course, typical of me, I was first up. I was first in the chair doing, the, doing that. So, of course, when they said your favourite drink, I said, oh, I like a lager, you know, I like a beer. <laughs> and, of course, after me, everyone's water and everyone's no, orange no, yeah. juice. And every, yeah, Spinksy never let me down. He said, I like, a, I like, a, I like a Guinness and a curry. So, uh, very different generation then. So, who is it on there who sort of says, say, like, um, yeah, I like a beer, but, you know, now and again, I'll, I'll have a Bacardi. Yeah,that was that was Spinksy,that was Nigel,that was a goalie,yeah,yeah,yeah,that was a goalie,yeah,yeah,yeah,that was a goalie,yeah,yeah,yeah,yeah,yeah,yeah,yeah,yeah,y
Wimbledon, the Wimbledon, that sort of crazy, the second generation, yeah. Peter Fear, Warren Barton, all those sort of guys, Scales. Yeah. Those guys used to be out and about where I grew up, and now and again you go to town. And, but I think that made players feel a little bit more close to the fans. I think they weren't the superstars. They were they, they felt like guys who might have grown up on your estate or guys that might have grown up down the road from you, and they felt like almost the big man, they, guys. They, that's, you, that's right, that, but they still are. The, yeah. the lads still are. But what happened is Andy's right, because I... I I started at the time when it was very, like like you said, you'd go out for a drink. I saw all that, and it was just coming to the end of it. And yeah. then it become, by the end of it, if you weren't having, a, like, a, a salad and a protein shake and getting 15 hours of sleep, like, you was, you was unusual. So I see the whole change of it. But, like, mm. they still are lads from the council states, but they go into the system, the academy system now, and they're, they're like little professionals. I see the under under 10 turning up at Chelsea, like tracksuit, wash bags. What's an under 10 need a wash bag for? Like to get his air gel and his moisturizer. <laughs> all, the, all the gear, like immaculate. They all sit like, like, like little, like little robots and they, they become professionals, but they're still, they're still lads from council states where we all grew up. That's days. I saw that they get tra- trained so between a inch, inch of their life as kids right yeah. away through to their little professionals. Does that take the character out of some of them, Joe, do you think? Does it take out what, what you are as a, as a kid, you know? I wonder, some, you sometimes look at younger pros and I've seen them, I've seen your era and all you boys coming through and all have amazing careers. And I see other young players that don't quite do it. And you wonder if the, the spirit, the free spirit has kind of been dragged out of them somewhere along the way, you know? Yeah, well, definitely, definitely the free, the free spirit is dragged out of them. And, and, I think the the young lads now they sort of try and express themselves like see like everyone getting on Paul Pogba's back about his haircuts and things like that like well, what why yeah. don't you I think Jesse Lingard Lingard's had that they, Lingard people, as well yeah he's a great character and he, he's got a yeah. bit about him he's a bit different and you know I think West Ham fans you know have, have taken to that but uh, you know the, I think I think the thing I find with is you know growing up myself and and sort of talking before the show a bit there about work working on sites. If you like, the amount of times when I was sort of first on sites in the late 90s and people would have a story about, oh, I was in a boozy the other week on a Sunday and I ended up having a few beers with Ray Parler. But, like, I remember like, so, you know, and, uh, you know it, I, mean, I don't think I was speaking out of turn the fact that Ray Parler likes a pint, but, but I remember <laughs> Geezer saying this, right? I was in a he won't pub, be suing it? you for that, Tom. He won't be suing you for that. Don't worry. You're all right. <laughs> and I remember all of us decamping down to that fucking pub on the chance we might bump into Ray Parler because it was that thing of like if a footballer come into your you know and, and you know the pint you know, it just I just felt the sort of it's a weird thing I mean and, and yeah. getting into that Andy I think it's the and, and I, we talked about this a bit with Jason McAteer that Ireland team of like 90 and 94 and under Jack Charlton mm. and I watched that documentary over lockdown which I felt I thought was Heart, heartbreaking, but at the same time, oh, good. Glad you enjoyed what, it. Of what yeah. a man he was, but that that team, sort of for me, that 1990, 1994 team, mm. that typified the sort of almost the, the passing of the guard, didn't it? And they, the end it of did. That, sort of those times. It's it's very true that I mean we were um, uh, we when I look back, I'm so thankful and so grateful, and I, I don't actually spend a lot of time reminiscing about my time as a player. I mean, it's starting to feel like a long time ago now, you know, it is, but I don't, I don't know if you do, Joe, but I don't spend that much time. People say, oh, you must, you know, do you watch all your old games? And it's like, no, I don't, you know, yeah. you don't, you don't, because you just don't. And and uh, one, you're busy doing what you're doing now. And, and two, I like memories. I like what's in here. That's what I like. You know, I like, I like, I like to, and, and 
the things you remember are the good things normally, the nice yeah. times, the good times you had as a group, Joe, the good laughs you had, the great days you had on the field, um, the, 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 the piss taking, the, the laugh on the way to the ground, coming back home, just the whole, they're the little bits that every now and again, particularly when I was helping making Jack's film, um, uh, and, and I went up to see him a few times and, uh, and, and it's like when you, when you see someone, Jack, Jack Chan was such a force of nature, right? He was such yeah. a character and such a personality, Joe. I tell you, Tom, he was, he frightened you. If you didn't know him, he could, could put you on your back foot straight away just by his size and stare and look and, yeah. you know, and, and the way he was, he could, uh, he could make you feel a little bit uncomfortable because he had, he was just that kind of man. Um, to see him go from that to obviously as a yeah. man, in in the in the last stages of his of his life, bless him. Uh, it, it makes you start. It starts to make you think about everything, all things, and so grateful for those amazing days we had together, and uh, and the fun, the fun. You know, the seriousness of it, of course, playing in World Cups and you know big games and and and, and great times. But the fun, the fun you have together, and that that kind of now twenty years on from all of those times, nearly thirty years on from those times. It's those little fun times that come into my mind more than anything else. The, the little moments that you didn't share with everybody else, you just shared as a as yeah. a group, and that's the fun. The interesting thing about the documentary, I thought, was actually Jack Chart was so in front of his time of how that you guys played, almost yeah. like in, in the sense like that sort of real sort of pressing play. It's like, oh, yeah, I we're press. not, you know, yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, that's time. that's probably to, in some to some degree, Tom. That's probably always been there. Teams have yeah. obviously gone after other teams, Joe, haven't they? Yeah. But we used to we used to do it so blatantly. In fact, there were times when, as players, we used to say to Jack, Jack, we need to, we got to let them breathe a bit. They got, we got to let them out a little bit, so as we can get behind yeah. them and can. Uh, um, but he wouldn't have it. You know, he wouldn't have it. No, 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 no. You can keep going in after them, and you keep doing this, and you're getting your false mistakes out of them. You win it there. You win it high up the field. We, we flash that ball in the box. I want people flying in the box. Now, if you think of Liverpool in this day and age today, you know, Liverpool, uh, they go after teams high up the field. When they get it, they get it to the, their boys in the box and try and let them do their, do their uh, magic. And it's, it's, it, it, you're right. And funny enough, at the time, he was considered, oh, a bit backward. You know, Jack was considered like, oh, that's going back the way. That's, that's not, that's not how things are going to be done now and in the future. No, that, that's a little bit sort of caveman football, etc. But what I think he identified was that that a lot of teams, a lot of international teams, couldn't cope with it, Joe. If you did it well, yeah. And if if you had good players doing it, you were in business. And we had good, you know, we had we had some serious players. And 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 of course, we're all playing football at our clubs. And then we turn up with Ireland, and we're going bang and going after it. But we were very very good at it, and we we had yeah. some amazing results, you know. Yeah, it's right. You get a lot of coaches, don't you? I mean, nowadays they 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 they'll, they'll change the name of shutting down to pressing and counter pressing, and they, and they dress it up. But at the end of the day, if you do it intelligently as a team and you've Correct. got good players, that's the whole basis of what Jurgen Klopp's done. He's got yeah. good players in. He does it. It's not just the only thing they do, but they're not like Man City, are they? Where there's all these pretty patterns of play and they play through lines, and that's great as well. Liverpool, yeah. uh, you know, there's a few patterns of play, but it's mainly. You you can't get out against them because their press you is can't. so good. The press is so good, and then 
you think when they had Van Dyke, Joe, how many times we see Van Dyke from that centre half position, and all of a sudden he goes bang and he hits one sixty yards on the Mo Salah's yeah. chest, who's then who's then running at a fullback on the edge of the box, and anything can happen, you know. And whilst whilst we had a very different way of doing it, we had John Aldridge, we had Big Nile, and we had Cass, and we had people like that. So we were literally, uh, we it was going up in the air to those guys, and then everybody else was looking for something to drop. From there, we had license to do whatever we wanted to do. You could play, yeah. you could try and be a little bit creative. But if you were trying to be creative on the halfway line, Joe, and lost the ball, fuck me. Right? <laughs> Don't Honestly. Worry. Don't worry. I've, uh, I've You've had a bit of, a few of them. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, but Jack was, I mean, he was, he would literally, he would, he would take you off. He'd take you off. Don't matter when it, what time of the game it was. If you gave, he had a thing in his head about the square ball on the halfway line, Joe, getting yeah. cut out, Tom, right? Yeah. Because if that, if that ball gets cut out against good players, they're through you, they're through the lines, as we call it now. They're going yeah. between the lines and they're running at your back four. And like literally, he used, to, he used to have, I mean, and he reminded me of that a thousand times in Those the 10 years balls. I was with him. Yeah. Andy, Andy, don't play them fucking square. If that fucking square ball gets cut out, I know, Jay. I know, don't worry. I ain't playing that ball. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Yeah. But every now and again, every now and again, you used to get the ball and, you, and like the only sensible ball on is, is that one. Do you yeah. know what I mean? <laughs> and, we're all, and you're all looking at each other for a couple of seconds thinking, can I do this and get away with it? You know, so, uh, but he was, that's why he was, I think he had the success he had. And I think that's why he was loved by everyone because it was absolutely his way and no other way. And there was no half measures, nothing in between, no grey areas. We all knew what, what the rules were, and go and fucking do it. And and listen, you know, I, it was. I, there's a lot you can learn about management. I've played under managers that one minute you look at him and think, does he really know what he wants here? Does he really know what he's yeah. doing? Do you know what I mean, Joe? And then other, then, and then I used to look at Jack, and you only had, you, you know, you just knew, you just knew straight away yeah. what he wanted. When you go back to that ninety nine, I mean, that for me was the sort of that must have been just an incredible that f- first World Cup, and you, you yeah. talk about that and and him being a guy who could, you know, who, who basically come and he went there with like and you see that in a documentary. He went there and he had a sole focus of like mm. he'd, he'd been treated pretty, pretty badly. He'd been in sort of a bit of disrespect going towards him, Correct. and he had a point to put. And by God, he proved it. And but I mean, what I love is like you know it, we have a term. And I don't know if it's right, but it's that term of what we call people from where I come from, shit kickers, right? So it's <laughs> outsiders and whatever. When I always remember my dad just being so proud of my uncles and all that, when that Ireland team in 1990, buzzing about mm. it. But when you went down the line, it felt like, you know, like that weird thing. And that's just what I think I miss about those days of football. It felt like, if I was out for a night out and it went a bit bandy and it went a bit the other way, yeah. I'd like to be <laughs> yeah. amongst this island. I'd like to be amongst them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And and you know what? I mean, we used to uh, when we were away, we used to have to. I used, we used to have to ask for a curfew. We used to have to say, Jack, we we don't we don't want to go out tonight, <laughs> right? And he'd go, You're all right. Have your dinner. Have your evening meal. Go on, go and have a couple of beers somewhere. Won't do. And again, because he knew that as a group, you know, if you do go out and you're having a and you're creating that little bit of togetherness, you're away from him. You're away from the staff. You can just relax a bit. You can have a couple of beers. You can do what you do, you know. And, uh, and of course, but the problem with all of us that was a couple used to end like, what are we doing? Are we going? It's half 10. What do you think? Well, if we go back too early, Jack will still be up. So, so we might as well stay for another hour or so and then wait till he's gone to bed. And then eventually it's, 
two o'clock in the morning, you know, and you and it's uh, getting a bit out of hand. But <laughs> I think he knew exactly what he was doing. I think he used to encourage that because when you're out sitting around Joe as well as you know, yeah. you've been on inter- international tournaments. You're talking about other teams. You're talking about other players. You're talking about the way you're playing and why we need to do more of this or we should be doing that. And so you're actually, rather than sitting in your room, sitting there, you know, on the phone to your missus and then on the phone to your mum and dad and then you're done flicking through channels, you can't watch nothing. You know, uh, whereas when you're out having a couple of beers, you're kind of, you're almost preparing in a way for your your next game, you know. 100%. Do you know what? When I think back at the England teams, and we went, we was completely the other way, because I think that the, the media was part of that, just getting on the lads if they if they, if we got caught out doing a couple of things and you get chastised for it, didn't you? But we needed a bit of that. It was so serious, yeah. and then it was you, you go in there, you play. It was you play your PlayStation, you play a bit of pool, play a bit of table tennis. But you just wanted to get out. You felt like you was in yeah. prison, and then. When Capello come in, he went up another level. Like he, I went down for breakfast one day. You know, you usually go down just before training. I had my shorts, my t-shirt, and my flip-flops on. And I thought the way he spoke to me that I'd 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 kick his nan or something. He screamed, yeah. "Take your flip-flops off!" I'm like, you know, give me a break. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then I've gone to the breakfast thing, and then there's no there was dry toast, no butter. Yeah. And scrambled eggs, and then that was it. There was nothing else to have. And then, you know, like you said, like a little snack station. No snack station. We had to be. Nothing. He was so militant in like how yeah. he was, it? and it, the lads just went against it. Lads were like, like this is just too much for me. Like you, you can't yeah. get a bit of food when you want. You got, you know, you, you've got to wear your full kit all the time. Trainers. The full tracks at all the time, trainers. All, uh, he was just, he had to be a bed at a certain time. Like, if he was wandering the corridors at 10 o'clock, I'm a grown man. And I'm thinking, yeah. oh, this is too much. And we needed a bit of that, what Ireland had. I think yeah. that brought us together a bit. Because yeah. two weeks into that, the lads were just pulling you know, out. Do you know, just go on that, right? On that. So we get up in the morning, you can have what you want, obviously. So you go training. Yeah. After yeah. training, right, we'd be on the bus coming back to the hotel. And uh, we always used to sing a little song, Jackie, Jackie, get us a pint. Jackie, get us a pint, right? And we want the coach. We want, and Jack would be up the front of the coach and he'd turn around, right, like that. He'd turn around and have a look and he'd go, bugger off, clear off. You're not having a yeah. drink. Two days before. Sure enough, we pull over at a pub. This is one o'clock in the afternoon. We, or, sorry, two o'clock in the afternoon. We just finished training. Literally, we've still got our kit on. One pint of Guinness, just one, literally. One yeah. pint of Guinness, done. Back to the hotel. Shower. Have your evening meal. Nine o'clock in the evening, sandwiches and teas coming around, banging on the door, you know. And I can remember a couple of times, Cass was my room partner. I used to say, Cass, fucking hell, if I don't stop eating, I ain't going to be able to move to, like, you know, tomorrow. <laughs> there was so much food and Guinness and drink on the go, you know. Um, but actually, and we used to take to the field. And because we had such a hard-running game, I can honestly say, out of them 70 games I played, I could count on one hand the amount of times I ran out there and thought, I don't feel great today. Yeah. Every time I felt like, I felt I could do 90 minutes and if I had to, I could do another half hour, no problem. You know, it's like, yeah. I felt great. And yet, you know, people talk about preparation. And and of course, before the World Cup quarterfinal in 90, right, the Italians leaked where we were, where we were staying. So obviously we're playing Italy in Rome. Uh, so, you know, we're like lambs to the slaughter a little bit really here, you know, 
yeah. the gladiators are going to skewer us tomorrow afternoon. Do you know, it's going to be one of them. <laughs> and uh, and so uh, so the night before, they leaked where we were staying, and all the taxi drivers in Italy, Joe, they were all outside our hotel, kept going around in circles, just beep, beep, beep oh. all night long, right? All so anyway, so we I kept looking out the window, thinking, is there a problem? And then we started to realise what was going on, and it was like. They were, they were taking in turns of cabbies to, to turn up and just toot their horns all night long. So up past 10, we get a phone call, Jack, there's a meeting downstairs. When we got down there, there's 30 pints of Guinness on the top. Night before yeah. a World Cup, World Cup <laughs> tour final. Right? And it's like, come on, we'll have a couple of these and then they can fucking toot their horns all night long. We won't hear nothing. You know, have a couple yeah. of beers and you'll sleep better. You'll go to bed. yeah. Bingo, job done. That's brilliant. It's br- you know, <laughs> my favourite thing about that game as well is because you all went to meet the Pope, right? Before we the did. game. We yeah. did. That's we did. So, is that, that part of you being a guy man. out of Kent being like. I know. And do you know, it was only five years before that I was playing non league football. It was a bit of a story, really. You know, but who did you play was, for? Yeah, so I, was a, so I was well in United, Joe, was my team. Yeah. That was my local team growing up around Bexley, Ethan, Dartford, that yeah. sort of area. Um, so well in United, so I played for them. Um, and I had trials at Chelsea as a kid. They didn't want to know. I went up to Sheffield Wednesday once with Al Wilkinson, never saw a ball. I, I took two weeks off work and never saw a <laughs> fucking ball for, for 10 days because they were just fucking running every day, everywhere. And I thought, I jumped in my car and pissed off. I thought, I can't be bothered with that. Mm. So, uh, and I kind of felt that it wasn't quite going to happen for me. And then one day I was literally... Uh, um, sitting at work and I was on the phone or, or sorry, the phone rang and it was Laurie McMenemy. And, uh, he said to me, uh, do you want to come to Southampton? You know, and Southampton were like fifth in the old division one at that yeah. time going very well. All lot of big name players. And I went there. And so, yeah, just, you know, it's only five years prior. And then all of a sudden roll on five years and yeah, it's the night before a, a big world cup quarter final, which was amazing. That's amazing. And, and, and the Pope story was brilliant because, uh, after we'd beaten Romania, we beat them on penalties. And so uh, we, we're all going crazy in the dressing room, as you do. It's a, you know, to, to then be playing Italy in a quarterfinal back in Rome is pretty special. So we're all buzzing about that. And then on the way back, I think from Genoa, we were going back to Rome now. I think on the way back, they were saying, look, we, there's an audience with the Pope a couple of days before the game in the Vatican. We're going to try and see if we can go and meet him. Uh, so, uh, so eventually, so we did. And uh, so we go to the Vatican and, 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 and the Pope goes through, goes, goes through his, his speech in about 10 different languages. So I think Jack, bless him, Jack nodded off at one point. Jack was at the front and he was like that, you know. His head went a bit when he was like that, yeah. And, uh, and anyway, eventually, uh, after, after it finished, we were asked to sort of, we could go and, go and meet Pope John Paul II back in his, in his apartment. And so we went back there and in his private quarters, there was about 20 of us. And do you know what? When, when he walked in the room, like, wow, now that was a bit of a, that was one. Do you know what I mean, Joe? It was, I mean, there are certain people, as I said to you about, you know, big Jack had a presence, but Christ, goodness me, you know, wow, this man walked into the room and like everyone, you know, cause we're all talking and all the lads are muttering and what's happening and what we're doing and how long we're going to be. And and then all of a sudden the door opens and like, you know, like it's yeah, dead yeah, si- yeah. silence. What was his, what was his apartment like? 
It was, well, I was going to say. What's wrong with yeah. that, Tom? This is journalism, yeah, right? I'm on the other side now. No, no, it's like, yeah, yeah. what kind of decorations? Did, we not go Did he have a plasma up? Do you know what I mean? I, was I don't know say. what. I don't know. Big hi fi, big stereo, Joe, yeah, a couple of big speakers. <laughs> <laughs> Guitar hanging up in the corner. Yeah. No. Painting a scar like face on the wall. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> no. It was, um, I, do you know what, mate? Honestly, it, actually, I remember the room wasn't that, this particular room wasn't that big. It wasn't that big, and 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 he had various other other uh, uh, members of the church were all there, sort of his aides, etc. They're all yeah. there, ushering us in here and going. And the other. So of course, when he come into the room and we started talking, and and uh, all the lot of the boys are blessing themselves, and 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 you know, and and it was a very special moment, particularly for some of the members of our staff, Mick Byrne, our kit, our physio, and Charlie O'Leary, our kit man. You know, like they're religious men, very religious men, and and yeah. uh, like a life's a life's uh, uh, of following a, a religion and one man. All of a sudden, in that moment, yeah. it's like what a moment for him, you know. So, so incredible. But it was uh, it was when we were all sort of lined up, and he 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 said hello to a couple of people, and then he said, "Who's the goalkeeper?" And so Packy Bonner was one. Packy said, "That's, that's me," you know, uh, and he said. I too was a goalkeeper when I was a young man uh, back in Poland. When I was a young boy growing up, I was a goalkeeper. So he said, "Let's close eye on you over the next couple of days, uh, and I wish you the best of luck on Saturday night." So, which was you know, a lovely thing to say to to Packy. You know, we're all taking the piss out of Packy afterwards, saying the Pope's a better goalie goalie than him. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and then, you know, and all that stuff. But uh, anyway, sure enough. Um, so when we played the game, so I'm obviously, you know, Olympic Stadium in Rome and it was an amazing night. Uh, never forget the atmosphere in the ground that night. It was so kind of electric that you really, really, you know them games, Joe, where you can, yeah. you're scream, screaming at each other and you can't yeah, hear each yeah, other yeah. And, you're, and you're like 10 yards away. You know, you really literally can't, yeah. you're be- bellowing at each other like that and can't hear each other. The atmosphere was so kind of electric. Anyway, he, uh, um, I remember Badjo on the halfway line. I have one of those situations where he's kind of gone past me, as you'd expect. <laughs> he's gone past me, and uh, I could have, I could have maybe fouled him. I just right. in that moment on the halfway line, I might have yeah. been able to get away with a little trip or a little bundle into him. Sorry, pick him up and get back and recover, get back behind the ball. Professional fouls, they're called yeah. nowadays, Tom. Yeah. Dirty <laughs> bastards we were then in my day, uh, but. Uh, I let him go. I, I sort of just, he went across the front of me, Joe. You know, like when you cut across yeah, the yeah, front yeah. of someone's legs, they either foul you or they don't. Yeah. You know, and I, and I didn't touch him. He's knocked it wide to Donadoni, uh, who's come inside off the right-hand side, hit a shot. Packy saves it, and he kind of stumbles at the near post as he saves yeah. it. It bops, bops down. Scalati rams it in the far corner, 1-0. And, uh, and, and, and that was that, you know. So, so uh, anyway, after the game... And this is one of Jack's finest lines. We're all sitting there. Everyone's disappointed. You've just lost in a quarterfinal. You know, you, the dream's over. You're going home, whatever. And um, we're all sat there. And I was one of the last to get in the shower. And and Packy was still sat there like this. He was like this, you know, still sat there looking at the floor, you know, gutted. And and Jack went, come on, Packy. Come on, get in the shower. Come on. Come on, let's get going. Come on, done now. It's finished. Get in the shower. And he sort of got up and he sort of, just sort of slowly mooched off into the shower, you know. And uh, Jack looked at me, he had a cigarette in his hand, Jack looked at me and he took a drag on his cigarette and he went, Andy went, fucking Pope would have saved that. <laughs> <laughs> 
it's so <laughs> such a great line, isn't it? Because it was a, it was an awkward shot at him, Joe, an awkward one where he's mm. kind of got his hands on it but couldn't quite catch it and and he stumbled and he went beyond the near as he sort of saved it. He went beyond his post. That's and the next brilliant. thing, so of course the goal's open and bang, he's he's knocked it in. But uh, fan, uh, amazing tour, amazing amazing time and and uh, just a thrill to be to be a part of something like that, you know. Oh, mate, that sounds amazing. That is amazing. Yeah, it was good. Tom, I want to ask Andy, you need to tell us a story about when he signed for Chelsea because mm. I watched Andy at Chelsea. He was a brilliant player for Chelsea. Him, Dennis Wise. Was Vinny there at the same time as you? Yeah, so Vinny came a year later, Joe. He came in yeah. my second year. He came in my second year. Dennis and I, we signed pretty much at the, I think we we're about four days apart, but we actually had our little kind of press conference and of course, when you go to the bridge now, Joe, and, and the hotel yeah. and all and everything there, we'll take all that away, strip all that yeah. back. And do you remember? You remember as it was, Joe, yeah, when it was just yeah, the shed. Yeah, you take all that away, and there was Batesy's office in the corner, um, and Dennis and I are in there. And when we walked in, he said, "Right, this is." And he's got a model of the stadium, right? He had a model of the stadium that's that's there today. Yeah. And of course, as he's talking, he said, "We're going to do this. We're going to do this. Yeah, I'm, I'm doing this. I'm putting a hotel here." apartments there and Dennis and I are standing behind Batesy and we're both we're looking at each other going like fucking hell is he mad or what I mean like yeah. I'm looking out the window and there's just there's, <laughs> there's shit blowing across the car park there's you know boxes of crisp bags and rubbish and bin liners everywhere and I'm like you know and all of a sudden he's now talking about this complex which is like going to be right up there with the very best and, and so me and Dennis are looking at each other thinking yeah he's not all there and uh, anyway I was always a Chelsea fan as a kid, so for me, I, I could have I could have gone maybe to Arsenal at the same time, and Arsenal were a successful team. They were going very well under George, um, and and there was a there was a you know a, half a chance I could have that that could have happened. But when I heard that Chelsea, had come, I just wanted to go. I just wanted to go and play for them, and and even though the the, the ground was you know a bit of a dump in places compared to to to, to many. It still felt brilliant to me. Do you know what I mean? The day you signed, yeah. you know. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, me, and, and Den was obviously at Wimbledon and he'd had his FA Cup success there and he wanted to kick on a, a little bit to, for the next level and to start playing regular international football, et cetera, et cetera. And, uh, and we, we loved it. I mean, you know, absolutely loved it. And we had so many great characters there, Joe. We had, yeah. you know, if the, if the division was decided on characters, I think we'd have, we'd have won it, you know, because... Uh, <laughs> In my time there, obviously we Dennis was a was a was a great character. We had Vinny, we had Mick Arford, Kerry Dixon, you know, big day. The hardest team that's ever been assembled in the Premier League. Oh, man alive. Mick used to scare yeah. the life out. I used to get Mick used to I used to be sitting right next to the dugout and I used to get all the lads to sign me. I've got, probably got Andy's signature a thousand times. I used to get it every I was, I was that kid who got it every game. But Mick, when he used to come over, I used to walk away. Yeah. It was like something from the Avengers. He's because he was so intimidating. Yeah, I remember when I remember when Mick opened the nightclub in Luton. He said to all the lads, because Mick was obviously had a big association with Luton. He lived over that way, and he opened a club in Luton, Joe. And he said to all the lads, "Can you all, we all come over and help us on the opening night?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're all there at this club in Luton, and uh, and as we're having a beer at the bar, someone, one of the bouncers who was about six foot four. Like, you know, like massive guy. He's come over, he said, Mick, there's a bit of trouble outside. And so uh, 
Instead of saying to the bouncers, oh, look, just go and sort it out, will you? Do me a favour, you know, do what I'm paying you for. Just just go and tidy that up. And uh, Mick went out there and chinned a couple of them in about two seconds flat. <laughs> and, it, and you know, and then he's coming back in, right, where's my drink? You know, like that. But, uh, yeah. Oh, dear. No, look, he was, uh, again, Mick was uh, a... Mick was a very, very good player, or technically a very, yeah. a very good footballer, you know. Uh, uh, and we we were lucky. We had some Cass was there, of course. We had so many, uh, so yeah. many good, good lads. And 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 on on any given moment, Joe, we were a we were a useful team. But we could also yeah. lose to we could lose to anybody, you know. Yeah. And that was Chelsea then. That was the Chelsea yeah. then, which obviously was very different to the one you played in, and and the and and the great success that you had. But it was. But I, I kind of, I think the non-league stuff and the island stuff, you know, all sort of, which was all a bit kind of off the cuff, you know, I kind of liked yeah. that sort of vibe, you know, I, that kind of suited me, I think, where one minute people thought we were great, the next minute we were shit, you know, and, yeah, and I don't yeah, know why, yeah. there's something about that that used to, uh, that I, looking back now, I find quite sort of endearing and quite funny. And quite yeah. charming in, in a way, you know. The island, when, whenever we used to travel, you know, with Ireland, if we had a game in Italy, we'd go Dublin, Heathrow, Heathrow, Zurich, Zurich, Milan. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Because it was a because it was a fiver cheaper per head, you know. <laughs> and like, and we'd all be landing. We're going, are we here? No, we're in Zurich. What the fuck are we in Zurich for? <laughs> well, we've had to come here because we've had to refuel, and unfortunately, uh, we've had to go this way because of air traffic. Oh, okay. Cards, get the get the cards back out. Away we go yeah. for another couple of hours. You know, when you you talk about characters there and uh, like one of Joe's favourite bits of the show is what really happened and uh, the the thing that came in and, and everyone wants to hear about is is you like that Middlesbrough team that you joined. Yeah, and and you know you talk about great players, you talk about great characters. I think I think I'd say the two. I'd say Jackie Charlton of that era as a manager, and then obviously you look at Gaza. Mm. Obviously, mm. yeah, we all love that guy, and he was incredible. But you, you live with him, right? We did, yeah. We, so when I when I first signed, go on, Joe. Was you going to say no, something? See, I was going to say, was Merce in that team as well? Yeah, he and, was. And who, and who was in charge of recruitment that thought that would be a good idea? <laughs> putting Merce and Gaza in the same team, like, come on. <laughs> I mean, that's like. Do you know, there must have been a point in the room where we've got, we got Gazza in the team, we're going to sign Paul Merson. Someone must have been out on the room is this a good Joe, idea, chaps? Do you know what, I mean? what, a, what a good player Merce was oh, as well, amazing. by the way, right? Amazing. Merce was such a good player. I know I'm Merce in that. And yeah. I've got a bugbear with, with Arsenal fans with Merce. Like, I don't think he gets enough respect. He no, was one no. of the top good players. Like, oh, Very good when point. he played for Villa, even towards and Middlesbrough, he was brilliant. Right. If Merce could do it with the outside of the foot, he would. Yeah. You know, how many players do you know? You were one of them, Joe. You you could do it. You know, if I had to, if I had a, to 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 knock a pass from, and my life depended on this pass, it's only a thirty yarder, but my whole footballing career depends on it. I'm not going outside of the boot, right? Because yeah. I, it might not get there, or I might fuck it up, or whatever. Merce found it easier to hit balls with the outside of his boot, right? And he dropped it on us. He was. A very, very, very talented player. I remember when I signed for Middlesbrough, Ravenelli was still there. Was he still? Right? He, you know what? He's one of my favourite. I, I went to back in the day. I went and watched him, Baggio, yeah. and Viali together. Like when I played, yeah. him, I was obsessed with. And when Ravenelli so, came, so Janino had gone. Janino right. had gone, but Rav was still there. Emerson was still there. Emma was a good lad. He was a he was a good lad. He was a you know he used to like a fag at half time. Emerson, yeah. <laughs> you know, 
Robbo would be saying, now, where's, where's Emerson? Where is he? And all of a sudden, look across, and there's this little puff of smoke coming out from above the toilets, you know. <laughs> so, oh, he, I think he's in there. But, um, uh, no, uh, when, when I signed, Rav was still there. And I, it really disappointed me, actually, because he said to me, uh, he, was on, he was sitting on a treatment table. I shook his hand, and he said to me, you know, and he's Italian, broken Italian, why you come here? Why you come here? Right? You know, on the day you walk through the door, Joe, <laughs> I know, do you know what I mean? I know, I... You know, which I thought was was crap. And I I wanted to say for the same reasons as you, mate. <laughs> only, I'm not, only I'm not getting quite as much. That was the thing but, that made um... me laugh, though, Andy. Do you remember? I was talking to the guys before. When they all signed, because that, that's the thing that buzzes your head about Middlesbrough then. They, they signed Juninho, arguably at the time the most exciting, you know, sort of um, like the Brazilian Joe Cole. Um, they yeah. Emerson Raven- and I remember Ravinelli signing for Middlesbrough going I've always wanted to play for Middlesbrough and well, I'm did like he? fuck it yeah oh, I no, remember no, it was no. quite a famous thing and fast yeah. forward to you know and, and to be fair that team actually that he was assembling Brian with you Gaza oh, Merson yeah. was Ray there yeah. as well do you know no Ray Ray came after me so 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 yeah that in that first season obviously uh when I joined them, they'd gone down. They'd been relegated. Mercer, Mercer joined a couple of months before me. And when I when I joined, uh, like Mercer said, "Fucking hell," he said, "We've got it, you know, we've got it full on here." I'm telling you, mate, to uh, to get back up, we really have because and we had we had some good players, but we were all Joe the wrong side of it yeah. a little bit, really. Yeah. But um, but of course, I had a I, I had a, a flat in Yarm, which is a lovely little village. Uh, uh, not far from Darlington, beautiful little village. I was quite content there. Gaza goes and gets this house in uh, a place called Seaham, which is near Sunderland, in between Sunderland and Newcastle. And he ends up renting this house, which is like, I mean, he thought it was haunted, right? He did. He thought this house was haunted. <laughs> <laughs> no, he did, Joe. He said, honestly, he said, I'm seeing fucking some shit going on here, I'm telling you. I don't like, you know. And so, uh, anyway, eventually, I ended up sort of staying there with him three or four, not two or three nights a week, sort of something like that. Um, and we used to, uh, with Gaz, you know, you finish training and it's like, okay, so what are we doing? And it's like, well, you know, I'm 35, Gaz. We've just been, been I wouldn't mind just going home and having a sit down really, you know. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's go golfing. Let's go golfing. We're going to have a game of golf. And it was like, all right, we'll have a game of golf, you know. 36 hours later, right? Because he's got, <laughs> can't just play, a, can't play 18. He's got to go around twice, you know what I mean? <laughs> and, uh, and then, and then it's now half past four, five o'clock, and it's like, do you think we can get another nine in? Before? And I'm like, Gaz, I don't want to play another nine. I'm knackered. <laughs> We've just done 36. How many more do you... And he, I wouldn't mind if he was any good. He was shit. He was hopeless, <laughs> right? <laughs> I wouldn't mind if he could play golf. So, uh, and then we go home, and it's like, so we had a snooker table in the house. Now, I used to play a load of snooker as a kid. Yeah. I used to play a lot, a lot. And I mean, I got to a pretty useful standard. Um, I used to play all the time as a boy from yeah. like 13 up before I started playing football I was living in snooker halls in South London all day long Yeah, and um, so of course uh, we end up we always used to play like for a couple of quid and then it was a five and it, well he owes me seven million quid right? that's, where, <laughs> <laughs> that's where it got to Joe right because he never he never beat me Tom he never managed to beat me once you know but uh, the funny, the one of the funniest story, the funniest things I think I've ever seen with Gaz, and every day was a scream with him, by the way. And the be- beauty with it with Gaza was that it wasn't always like he wasn't. He just was. Him, it's just what he did, yeah. you know. It's just the way he was. You, you, you was with him, Joe, in the England camp, and yeah. you've seen it. Um, but he, uh, 
so so he was he was suffering a little bit with his OCD, and like he, he was genuinely getting that was starting to bug him, and obviously he, he later later on he actually had to go and get some uh, some help with that. But the early stages of that were that um, he wanted everything really tidy in the house, and I didn't even know what it was at the time. I I, I didn't yeah. realise, but. Back then, it was like he wanted everything absolutely pristine. So I'd get up in the morning, I'd go in and clean my teeth, and then I'd come out of the bathroom. When I'd come back into the bedroom, my fucking bed's made, right? And it was like, <laughs> right? And it was like, Jesus Christ, who's done that? And I'm like looking around the room thinking, like, is there some kind of evil spirit in this place that's <laughs> following me around? You know? And uh, and he'd be outside the door, and he'd be going, oh, blimey, I was waiting for you to get up, so I just wanted to you know, get your bed sorted out, get it all, <laughs> get it all sorted out for you. So uh, anyway, um, we uh, we we've been we'd been training, we'd been to a restaurant, we'd had something to eat. We came home, we had a couple of games of snooker, couple more, few more quid going up on the bill, uh, which uh, which was usual. And um, and so anyway, we because we'd had a couple of drinks, we got this cab driver to, to bring us home from the restaurant. And uh, Gaza said to him, "Are you?" Uh, he said, "Are you?" Are you working tomorrow morning, mate? And the fella said, uh, no. And he said, do you want to take us to work in the morning? He said, look, he says, now like it's midnight or something. So he might as well pick us up. Might as well just, uh, we'll get up in the morning. You can take us to training. He said, go and sleep in that bedroom up there. There's one, a little one at the back, right? So he goes up to this back bedroom, this cab driver, and this poor lad done, you know, I mean, he, he could have said no to the lad, you know, but he's being ever so nice. And he says, yeah. So he goes up there and, uh, Anyway, little did he know that in this particular room, the little ensuite next to it, there was a problem with the toilet. When you flushed it, it kept the water just kept coming, right? It just kept going. It, it didn't. It, uh, the, the little ballcock thing, Tom. This is your game. You know what they're about. They used to get toilet, to- toilets. Right. It, I mean, don't be. I've been called short with a couple of times in this situation. Right. <laughs> but it used to get stuck, and so the water just kept coming yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah. So of course, the poor lad's gone to the loo as you do, and gone. Anyway, so I come down in the morning. When I come down the stairs, I could hear, shh. And I'm thinking, what's that noise? What's that noise? So I open the door to the snooker room, right? And there's a hole in the ceiling. I kid you not. It's about three foot round, this hole in the ceiling. There's water pissing out of the ceiling, right? The table, Joe, has been fucking destroyed, right? Absolutely. The balls are everywhere. Yeah. So I'm now downstairs, and I've got these doors open, and then all of a sudden, I, Gaz is coming downstairs, and he can hear the noise too. And he's gone, what? What is that? Right? And I've gone, I've just shut the doors. I went, right, don't worry about it. I said, listen, we need a plumber. We need a plumber. <laughs> but we've got to go to work. We've got to go to work. And as soon as I said, we need a plumber, he's twigged. The guy upstairs flushed the, the dodgy yeah. loo, right? That fucking idiot, he's gone, right? <laughs> So he's poor, poor fellas down in the kitchen waiting for us. The cabin. He's all smart. He's all dressed, ready to go. You know, Gaza's gone. Did you flush that toilet? Right? <laughs> and the fellas gone. Um, yeah, of course I have. You know, and I'm gone. Don't have a go at him, mate. He don't know. It's not his fault. I said, but we need a we need a plumber. So we've gone down the hallway, opened the doors, and when he's seen it, because he wants everything tidy and spick and span, right? Yeah. He's gone. Oh my. So anyway, one of the funniest things I've ever seen, Joe. <laughs> he drops his bag down. He's got his flip flops on. He's squirt. He's walking across the snooker room. And he's all like, <laughs> as he's going across the room, right? There's all shit and plaster and dust and 
horrible crap all over the table. He gets the triangle off the top of the light, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, and, he yeah. gets, and he gets the reds and he, he's trying to set the fucking balls back up because <laughs> they've gone everywhere. And he takes, he takes the triangle off. And all the red stuff floating away on the water, you know. <laughs> and I went, what are you fucking doing? What are you doing? I said, get out, you know. Just to, like, it just cracked me up. Do you know what I mean? It just cracked me up completely that he'd be, he's trying to set the ball, trying to get it all. Because yeah. when we used to finish playing, he used to brush the table down, set the balls back up, ready for tomorrow night. Do you know what I mean? Like that. <laughs> I so, uh, oh, man alive. But we did have a scream, I must say. You know, we did. He was very funny. And what a, Listen, what a what a fantastic player! I never saw the. I played against the best guys. I played against him when he was at Spurs, and he was yeah. He was always the man you had to watch, and the, such a brilliant player. But uh, but I, obviously he was having a, a there were issues in his life which were difficult for him at that time, um, and so we never quite saw the very best of him. Yeah, but but every now and again, Joe, flashes of it used to come out, and you know, like every now and again, he could do yeah. something, do something that you just hadn't seen or you just hadn't seen yeah. anyone else be able to, to, to do that or pull it off, you know, and he was, he was, he was amazing. Brilliant. He's a very special he, player. Very special he was. Player. He's, he's the best, best English player I've, I've seen him in my time watching mm. it. Do you know, I'd love to, but he just, his star was just too short. Like I said, he had injuries and problems in his life. If we could, imagine he yeah. had like a 15 year career at the top, what he would have achieved. It would have been incredible, oh, wouldn't it? Yeah, incredible. I mean, and, and funnily enough, when you're talking about the regime, like your Capello regime with England, when, I remember him telling me when he went to Lazio, um, he, uh, he, you know, he said the, like they were so strict and it was so yeah. different and it, and things like that for Gaz would have been difficult, you know what yeah. I mean? As I said, because a, a normal day for him, I remember Terry <laughs> Venable saying to me, Euro 96, I was working with Terry once and he said, in Euro 96, he said, day before the first game, Gazza's out playing head tennis with a chef at half seven in the morning. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. At the hotel, Joe, at Burnham yeah. Beaches, wherever it was, you know. And he's there. And Terry said, I, I, when I used to, people used to say, oh, Gazza's out. And I used to say, don't worry about him. He'd be fine. Who's he got with him, though? Because that's, <laughs> do you know what I mean? If he's got, if he's got other lads with him, they wouldn't be able, they wouldn't be able to get up at seven in the morning yeah. and be, be on the go all day and then go and play brilliant at night, you know. And that was, yeah. Terry said, I know he can do it. I'm not worried about him. He'd be fine. Don't worry about him. He'd be great, you know. But uh, that's what he was like. He was, and, and so for him, going to Rome and having this really kind of big culture shock and change, um, it was always going to be very, very hard for him, that. Very difficult. Yeah. Andy, are you up for some predictions? Come on then, let's go. Yes. Joe is leading at the moment. Joe, you smashed it last yeah. week, my friend. Again, wow. you're back in the league, right? Back in the game. Love right. it. Right. I'm going to fly through these. Okay, but Andy, I'm going to let Joe go first because Joe's got a bit of a habit of copying our guests. So, uh, um, uh, right, we're going to go predictions. First up, big game. Chelsea versus Man United. United, even money with Coral to win the league without City. So you take City out of the uh, equation. Chelsea, Man United, what are you saying, Joe? Draw. Draw. Andy? Uh, Good question, Matt. That is a very, very good question. I think Joe's got it right. But not to go the same. I'm going to go. I'll go Chelsea two one. I'm going to. I was going to say Chelsea. I will not copy you, Andy. I was going to say Chelsea there. I I believe Chelsea. I think Chelsea might nick that. Right. Next up, even bigger game because it's a top four game. Right. <laughs> he loves I never it. thought he I'd say this. It. He loves it. Man City, West Ham. Coral's got West Ham at twelve to one. I mean, this is a big one. Joe, you're up. 
I'm I'm gonna go. I've got to go, Man City, Tom. I'm sorry, mate. Like, I'm looking to win this competition. I've got to take the love out of it. I want West Ham to win. Of course I do, but... And, uh, I can, no one can beat Man City. No, no. no. You well, can put they West Ham, look- Chelsea and oh, Man no. United against them. They won't beat them. <laughs> unbelievable. They are unbelievable at the minute. I'll tell you what, West Ham are doing... Uh, look, look at proper team, Joe, don't they, at the minute? Yeah. They do. They look a decent yeah. team. They really do under Moisey. Um... Here's one for you. I'm going to go, how about this? I'm going to go, to be a bit, I'm going to go one each. Oh, a draw. A draw. Ooh, I'm going to fly in and I've got to say it. I'm going to go West Ham, Suchek. Go on, Ryan. Tom. I'm going to throw in. <laughs> I'm going to go with me art now. Right, finally, arguably even a bigger game, but uh, we're going to go this way. It's one of your old clubs. It's West Brom versus Brighton. Brighton 12 to 1 Ooh, for relegation. Dear. Are they still in a fight? That's with Coral. Joe. Brighton. No, Brighton I watched them the other night against Palace. They were so unlucky. I can't see Big Sam. I, I just think that style of football, I think it's just just coming out of the game now. And I just, I can't see West Brom picking up enough points to stay up. And I think, I, I really like what Potter's doing at Brighton. I like the way they play. Um, mm. I like I, I like everything about it. I think he's, he's a top manager. Yeah. yeah. Well, if, I mean, look, West Brom were unlucky against Burnley, weren't they? Going down to 10 mm. and, and, and were much the better team. Should have won the game. Um, I think I think I'm going to go draw again, which is no good for it's a it's a it's a reasonable point for Graham Potter, but um, it's not good enough for Sam. I, I can't see him surviving, but I'm going to go one each on that one too. I'm going to go. I am going to throw in my hat into the ring. I'm going to go West Brom just because that's the only way I'm going to beat Joe this week. I'm going to, I'm going to back out, <laughs> mate, Big Sam. So uh, listen, Andy, it's been an absolute joy, mate. It's been a pleasure. Very to good to brother. speak to you, Tom. Nice to see you, Joe. Thank you so much. Thanks, mate. Andy. Great, mate. That was brilliant. JC, great seeing you. People, you've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Coral and Joe. See you next time. You've been listening to All to Play For, brought to you by Joe and Coral.